Welcome in to Two Four Drafts. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner. Two Four Drafts, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. You guys weren't ready. Bonus mailbag episode. We didn't even tease it. We didn't even tease it. We wanted to surprise you guys. Tuesday mailbag. We're trying to get through these questions. Listener mailbag. Also at the top, we're going to talk a little Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, some of the slander both of those guys have been receiving. Should be an interesting conversation. Then we'll dive right in to the mailbag. Let's get it. They said we wouldn't do it. They said we wouldn't do a bonus mailbag, but here we are recording right after the Monday episode to get a Tuesday mailbag. Are you stoked for this? I'm stoked. You don't sound stoked. Do I ever sound stoked? No, you never sound stoked. I kind of just... You're even keel, man. Even. Let, let's get riled up before we get to the mailbag. My, my, I, I, did I tell you this on the pod? My dad has never been excited in his life. Yeah, I think you That's told me that I before. It. I think I told you that in confidence. But yeah, my dad's never been excited in his life. I don't think I've ever seen my dad express excited emotion so maybe i get it from that even though i do feel excited a lot of times i don't maybe i don't express it from that he's a doctor he's got to say steady eddie yeah dude. you can't be too high you can't be too low um let's get riled up before the mailbag though someone dm me and said hey can you guys talk about this justin fields zach wilson stuff going on justin fields can't read progressions zach wilson should be the quarterback one What's going on here? Let's start with Zach Wilson. The conversation that is like now popped up, like is Trevor Lawrence, should Trevor Lawrence be quarterback one? Five to six teams see Zach Wilson better. Where are you at now with that and like all the latest that's come out on Zach Wilson? I'll just say it's it's really easy to say, yeah, Zach Wilson would be better. I have Zach Wilson higher when you're not the team drafting at one. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it is not the Jaguars who are in that. I think it would be absurd for it to be the Jaguars. And I think you can say whatever the fuck you want when you know you're not going to be having to make that decision. So you're still comfortably, obviously, Trevor Lawrence over Zach Wilson. Yes. And, and so what about— and that's not to say—sorry to interrupt you. That's not to say that it's, oh, Trevor Lawrence is 100% going to be better. It's saying his floor is much higher. Mm-hmm. And that has a ton of value when you know Trevor Lawrence will be a top-10 quarterback in the NFL maybe next year. Like That's how good he is. Man. And how NFL ready is. And so what, what do you make of what's been on the timeline about Justin Fields? That he can't read defenses and teams should be worried about that? What's your opinion of ridiculous. that? ridiculous. Uh, I think the read defense thing is just absurd. No, he, he can read defense. He does it a lot. The coming off first read thing, he doesn't do it as much as some other quarterbacks in class because he has a lot of talent and it's no reason to do it. Like when you guys are open – don't throw it to him like that. That's what that's what good quarterbacking is: is making your job as easy as possible. And I think some of the slow processing knocks is that Ohio State offense and how it's run, and with the option routes that they'll run down the football field to where it's like the pick he threw against Clemson last year was an option route. And he threw it with timing, but the guy his receiver chose a different option yeah. than what he thought he was going to choose. And so to play it safe, a lot of times. You throw, you wait till after that receiver has made a decision, so you don't make plays like that. But when you do, and that's you know offense dependent, and so I I think he can and has shown the ability to. It's just not as good as other guys in this class. But that's something that can be developed and changed. It is not a death knell. It is not like you know looking like absolute shit under pressure. I don't think that's something that changes if you just you know have no pocket presence. That's difficult to change. He. 
he's good. He's good in the pocket. He's good at manipulating pocket. There are things he does that are very good. And I think all his sort of knocks are fixable. So it's not too long ago. I feel like that Deshaun Watson faced similar criticism. Like can't read defenses. Slow I don't crosser. think he had a carry defenses. It was just, he literally had, he threw a ton of picks that last year at Clemson. Like he did. He had a lot of ugly picks his last season that I think worried people. Yeah. So. I definitely think that it's been there's been way too much made of it. I still think Justin no, yeah. Fields, Fields. There are teams who have well, Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I think Seth even sees it that way. Seth Galina, PFF analyst, sees Justin Fields as maybe a better prospect than Zach Wilson. All right, let's get into the mailbag now. That's what people came for. The bonus mailbag here. Um, once here we are. Longtime listener of the pod. Slap bangs. The pod slap bangs. On the 128 pod, you suggested the Jets load up on offensive linemen in the draft. The Jets fan agrees. We're going to need young talent to protect Watson for the next decade. My question, can you guys name day two, three offensive linemen, both at right tackle and the interior, that would make sense for Mikey LaFleur's offense? I love big maulers like Cornbread Brown, especially next to Becton, but my understanding is that the scheme requires significant lateral movement skills that these guys might lack. Thoughts? Yep, it does. Uh, Deontay Brown, not going to be a great fit. Uh, The guys, I would say, if we're talking about a little later on, so James Hudson, if you're talking about like somewhere in the second round, the Cincinnati offensive tackle slash interior offensive lineman, uh, although you're probably going to keep around, you're probably not going to need a tackle right away with uh, George Fant. Probably going to stay at right side. He's athletic, more than athletic enough. Obviously, he used to play basketball. So later day two, guys like Deontay Smith from ECU, kind of a project tackle. Uh, Illinois' center, Kendrick Green, or interior offensive lineman, he played guard and center at Illinois. Kentucky's Drake Jackson. He's a center only. That guy's a pure zone center, but I think he could fit actually there. He's under 300 pounds. And then South Carolina's Sidarius Hutcherson. He's played guard and tackle over the course of his career. South Carolina is a freaks list, two-time member, I want to say. Um, but he's kind of like a day three project. I love James go. Hudson, though. I think he's getting slept on in this class. I really do like James Hudson. He's a top 50 player on DJ's board. Who's sleeping? Oh, he's a top 50 player on DJ's board? Yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah. He's higher on that board than he is ours. Yeah. You're sleeping on him. I'm sleeping on him. Maybe you're sleeping on him. All right, let's jump to the next question here. Love that we're doing the bonus mailbag. The draft and rookies are my favorite part of the sport, and I'm glad there's a podcast on it. Mike and Austin's banter is top tier and makes the pod that much more enjoyable, along with their incredible knowledge. My question, what... With the Patriots having holes nearly everywhere, who should they target at 15 and what should they do at the quarterback position? This is going to be the question for all Patriots <laughs> fans, honestly. Quarterback position, I think it's next year. Like you want to be in the 2022 quarterback decision. You want to you want to not be good this year, sadly. You don't have enough. We touched on it in the AFC pod. They have not drafted enough young talent to realistically compete for a Super Bowl or even like the AFC East with the Bills there right now just haven't you can only do so much through free agency and then when you do if you are really blowing your wad with free agency it's going to come at the expense of long-term success of that franchise so you're going to not one not find a good quarterback at 15 most likely and then you're never going to be in the market for one in the next in the upcoming years so i think you want to suck and i think you want to go cornerstone positions if you're going to suck wide receiver cornerback off the tackle edge I recently mocked them Christian Barmore at 15. I feel bad for that. Don't don't go Barmore. Go with the cornerstone position. Cornerstone position, like you said. I think yeah. attack position of value because, and one, attack a must a must win, a high floor guy because they have been desperate for some wins in the draft. I mean, go get a guy that you know is going to yeah. translate. You need some W's here. Take some W's there at 15. I think J.C. Horn at 15 is not too early for me. I think it's a valuable yeah. position and he's a talented player. There's some people who see Horn as. QB, CB1 or CB2. That's um, that's how good he is. All right. Wolves of Sheeple. 
And that last one was from Bodie 808 and the first one was from Mikey T. This one's from Wolves of Sheeple. <laughs> Rams and Eagles seem to be in a similar situation where they're hamstrung by quarterbacks. They paid too much for a lack of production. This guy probably hasn't seen the trade yet. What's the hope for yeah. either team's quarterback situation? What if they just swap the two and see what happens? <laughs> this is funny. It's a funny question in retrospect. I'm sorry that I'm laughing. Um, Rams did a good thing mm-hmm. with the draft capital that they gave up. Like they got actually got good, better. Better at the position for sure. The Eagles did a good thing by giving up Carson Wentz for the draft capital they got. Now, Rams are obviously in a better situation, but they also have a much better roster, you have to realize, at this point in time. So the Eagles, their hope uh, draft, I mean, like it's it's we've talked about this a bunch. It's not Jalen Hurts. Yeah. It is taking that ticket, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Justin Fields, I'd I'd be more than willing to take that shot this year, not trade up and give a bunch of picks for it because you need that young talent, but I'd be more than willing if one of those guys falls to six to pull that trigger. Next one here, Jets fan, two, four, six, seven. Two questions. Does this year's quarterback class have a case to be the best class ever based on the pro- best class ever based on the prospects coming out? Yes. This will be, like we said, there's only been one other time where quarterbacks have gone one, two, three in the draft. Could happen this year. There's only been one other time where four quarterbacks have gone in the top 10. And that is almost a, I like that is a lock to happen this year. So, and his second question from Jets fans. That was 2018, was four quarterbacks in the top 10. 1999 was three, quarterbacks one, two, three. Which of the teams picking in the top five have the best chance to make the Super Bowl in the next five years? Not the Dolphins, but Houston. So the worst five teams record wise, it's the Jaguars. I don't think it's even close here. They are well set up with. Now they'll have a cheap quarterback, a lot of cap space, and they have some young pieces as well. You got Josh Allen there, possibly Caleb on Chase on there as well. Like you got um, CJ Henderson. You got some you got some building blocks and again, valuable positions that we keep talking about. And there's about. a reason Urban Meyer came back. I think he knows he has a, window, he has a window with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and, and, the team and I think you now. also have a good head coach option too. This would be really hard for Jags fans, I think, because there's of any franchise right now in the NFL, I think they have the most hope. You didn't, Outside you, of teams, you didn't hire the Ravens passing game coordinator. I'll just say, yeah, is what you did there. But but uh, outside of obviously like the Chiefs and the Bucks, like teams that just won the Super Bowl, I think of the teams drafting inside the top ten, top fifteen, this team has the most hope of any NFL franchise. They have most cap space of any team in the NFL this offseason. Yeah. The favorite, if not guaranteed, to land Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer and a coaching staff that people respect, especially after that other guy resigned that no one liked um, for the off-field stuff he did bring to the table. I do I do think that the Jags it would be really hard to watch them box this. You know, if they, if Trevor Lawrence maybe battles injuries to start, they don't spend in the right places. Like, they have a golden ticket. Spend say, it right. It would be difficult to, in three years from now, have not made the playoffs. Yes, it would be almost tough. And they're in, like, the best division setup-wise, uh, at least in the AFC, to make the playoffs quickly. Man. All right, this is from Cam Shirk. Thoughts on playing Zayvon Collins as a Bruce Irvin type? Strong side linebacker, edge player, and where would he rank as an edge? Seems like he would be a fit in Gus Bradley's defense as that type of player. See, I don't like edge off-ball versus... Edge off-ball is not versatile. You want to specialize in one of them. You mm-hmm. don't want a guy... Because pass rushing is such a s- developed skill, and it's such a skill that's, I'd say, different than off-ball. And especially, like, blitzing is a different skill set than 
rushing one-on-one against an offense tackle. Beating a running back, you're coming downhill, you have a head of steam. It is a different event, shall we say, than putting your hand in the dirt and going one-on-one against a tackle. It's just a different thing. So I think you want – he could do it. He for sure could do it. But I think that's a role that's not really a massive – like it's not a lot of teams are in base anymore to have a role like that. And two, I think if you're going to draft him, you want him just off ball. Like you want him just staying off ball and blitzing heavy. You can blitz him heavily, but like from off ball, like an Anthony Barr did. And I don't think that's Gus Bradley's scheme, though. They don't blitz a lot, so I don't yeah. think it's great. Doesn't blitz at all. Yeah. Rarely ever blitzes. Uh, this is from Ronnie B. Great podcast. Love it. What position and or players should the Jaguars focus on with picks 25 and 33? when taking into account how certain positions thin out going into day two, day three. I do like this question because so much, not enough is made up of the Jags second and third picks in this draft because everyone just says, Trevor Lawrence, here we go. Yeah. But what should the Jags do at that spot? Those, those are two really valuable picks. valuable picks. It's obviously going to depend on how free agency shakes out. If they don't add another wide receiver in free agency, that could be Rashad Bateman, one of those two. I would love that fit for them. If they do at another wide receiver that could be offensive line that could take advantage of this tackle class. I think that would, I would love for one of those two to be an offensive tackle. I would love for one of those two to be like Christian Barmore if he falls there. Everyone's talking about Barmore falling. I think he's an impact interior rusher to add to, you know, Josh Allen there on the edge. So I think those would all be positions and guys that intrigue me. Hard to go wrong, man. I mean, it's a deep class. Talk about thinning out. DT is going to thin out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Very true. I think it's hard to be wrong at 25 and 33. I think they get better at a lot of valuable positions in those spots. I think the golden ticket they have, the only way they really fail is like forcing positional need. Drafting and not just, a running back. Yeah, yeah. That's how you fail. I do agree. Drafting like draft, guard. Tight end even in tight that end, spot. Yeah. Like that's just not a good place to be. Go get valuable positions with your top 50 picks. Full stop. I don't care about need. Go get valuable positions with your top 50 picks yeah. and hope they pan out. And again, I've, I've said this probably Save a thousand times. And it's the save yourself money argument. If you don't believe in position value, say every, every you, you play with 11 guys, you play in the mud, you hurt people. Look at how the NFL currently pays by position. The quarterbacks, the offensive tackles, the corners, the wide receivers, the pass rushers, those guys make more money when you have to pay them. Safeties, linebackers, tight ends, interior defensive line, no. Go get the guys you have to pay a lot more. Again, Because no matter who you draft at 25, they get the exact same salary. Exactly. So. Regardless of position. Why would you draft a running back at 25? So if you draft a running back at 25, your savings versus a running back you can sign in free agency is far, far less. Yes. All right. Go get Mike Davis. Go get Mike Davis's clone. Go find a running back in late day three or in free agency that can get you, get you what you need. All right. This is from that dude, Brennan Sir. As a long-suffering Cowboys fan, draft season is the true exciting postseason for me. And this pod is a must-listen. I've become, all caps, enamored with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa of Notre Dame. I think he is better in coverage, a better playmaker, and has quicker reaction time and speed in general than any linebacker the Cowboys currently have. I'm intrigued with the versatility aspect of using him at safety in certain packages and just think he has the play style and personality, wow, to be heart and soul type for this defense. Dude loves Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Two questions for JOK if that's cool. How does he fit scheme-wise in Dan Quinn's defense? And is JOK good enough to justify trading away a 2022 first-round pick to get back into this year's first round to draft him? I think he's box safety at Dan Quincy. I don't even think he'd be a linebacker. 100%. There. Yeah, you, he would be your Cam Chancellor, your Keanu Neal. That's what he'd be. And I think he'd fit. Now, what do you give it up? A 2022 first-rounder? 
to go back up there? No, sir. <sighs> That's tough. It's a tough Trading ask, you would future first-round picks for non-quarterbacks is bonkers. Yeah, I, I don't think that's sound decision-making, I'll say. I've said bonkers too much. I because think. also box safety is the lesser valuable. Like, that's it's not a super valuable position. So, All right, let's jump to Donnie Hustle 8. I love that name. Donnie Hustle. They make the nitty-gritty of draft analysis approachable and interesting. Combine analytics and tape watching to give legit insight instead of just parroting the numbers. Vikings have a lot of holes, and after three years of the Cousins experience, I'm ready to lay down in traffic. <laughs> At 14, it looks like the board will fall to either Edge 1 or OT3. Where would you go if, you, if you're them, or would you pivot and target elsewhere? I like Edge for them. I think you can maybe get the, like I said, Edge 1. And Edge talent doesn't really last. I'm not sure that's going to be around the second. So the Cousins has played behind poor offensive lines before. You have some guys kind of in the pipeline that you can stick there, plug an offensive line. Uh, what's his face? The Boise State tackle can be your eventual LT. Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland. And it's like you could find a guard, hopefully day two somewhere. It's that deep of an offensive line class. So I would go edge. I like I edge for them too. And I think they're going to go after one of these guys with length and athleticism. That's what, yeah. that's what the Vikings want. All right, this is from Sujit X. Mike's voice is what I need to hear before I sleep. Wow. My mom has similar feedback for you. Wow, that was a weird joke. What traits for linebacker are the ones that you look for in prospects that translate best to the NFL? For my Rams, who are some second and third round linebacker prospects they could possibly snag? Burst. Got to have burst at linebacker. Short area, the broad jump, vertical jump, 10 split, that position. Remember, Jamie Collins was the 11-foot broad guy. That explosiveness. Explosiveness. Very big. Because that that's you know filling a hole. That's attacking a block. That's a lot of different things that linebacker requires explosiveness. So that's a big one. Plus, you're always in short areas. You know, always, like you're yeah. always working Almost in tight spaces. Yeah. You need to be yeah, that ten yard split is more important than your forty. And then after that, I think change of direction, balance. It's kind of like one thing. So I remember like Darren Lee was a super explosive linebacker. That guy could not change directions and stay on balance to save his life. If he was going one way, he was stuck going that way. He could not alter course. So change direction balance, that shows up in tackling, that shows up in, again, changing directions, reacting to a play action, then getting back to where you're supposed to be. And then after that, processing speed, be a third one. That one's difficult to evaluate. It's very scheme dependent. Don't always know the keys the guy's reading, what he's supposed to be doing. But I think you can see outliers on either end of the spectrum. You know, like Luke Keekley, you could tell that guy was going to fucking know what he was supposed to do once he got to the NFL. So those are the big ones at linebacker. For the Rams... I actually don't hate the Dylan Moses fit for the Rams and what they ask their linebackers to do. I, I think he could work out there. They ask him to kind of play soft and then close to the flats a lot. Like that, that's a big role in that defense. That's his biggest selling point, the Alabama linebacker Dylan Moses. I like Jimmy Davis in a similar role. So again, we saw him just do spot trapping. And when he's going forward, really good. The Kentucky linebacker. Um, didn't see him go backwards too much on his tape. So those those two, I'd say, second or third round would be good fits. This is from DS Skillet. Huge fan of the pod. The Colts have a pretty solid all-around roster. However, because they have been so fixated on pounding the rock, it feels like they are in a serious need of star talent at wide receiver. Assuming they spend their first rounder on a quarterback, who are some of your favorite fits at wide receiver that the Colts could target with their remaining picks and or in free agency? We kind of just touched on this oh, on the Monday yeah. episode, but who should they get after? Oh, honey. Sorry about the Colts first rounder not being quarterback. <laughs> It might, it might be next year, though. <laughs> might be next year. <laughs> uh, 
bad joke. Um, size again was it? He only throws to guys with size. So if you draft Elijah Moore or Jalen Rager, he might, not, well. he might not get thrown to. Sorry. So Shad Bateman, I gotta stop saying sorry. You're just gonna get a C judge me over there every time I say it for my accent. Rashad Bateman, Minnesota. Terrace Marshall, LSU. Sage Sherratt, Wake Forest. Seth Williams, Auburn. Cornell Powell, Clemson. Nico Collins, Michigan. If they don't, if they draft a wide receiver and it's not one of those guys, Simi Fajoko, fucking floored in the first four rounds. Oh, okay. So Simi Fajoko is a late day three guy for yeah. you. If it's not one of those guys in the draft wide receiver, you're a rounds, hater. I'll be floored. I'll just say it. Fair enough. All right. This is from Mike Renner's burner. Great pod, fella. Quick questions. Spell my last name. So the Colts, and I imagine the football team will overpay for Stafford and Watson is off the table because the Texans aren't stupid enough to trade him in, in a division. So this is came before the Wentz trade. Hear me out. It would probably cost the Colts two first rounders, but he could sit behind Brissett for a half a season and run and a run game with dominate with Tyler Taylor. I don't know what he's doing here. Oh, they want should he wanted they go to up? trade up to seven for Fields. They wanted or Lance. to trade up for Fields or Lance, and it just didn't happen. I wish you would have, honestly. That would have been better. That would have been a better situation. Yeah. Because then they could have traded their what? Number 21 pick and then that first rounder that's first presently round a sec. A, that, a condition. that could be Wentz yeah. next year. So. Man, they probably should have done that. Unfortunate for Mike Renner's burner. And this is unfortunate for us who are backlogged on mailbag questions. And this is why we're coming back. And this is why we're doing the bonus episode. This is from MMRT6767. Richard LeCount, criminally low. Can you guys explain how the PFF Big Board has Georgia safety Richard LeCount as the 15th ranked safety in the draft? He's a Georgia alum, big fan of the dogs. I really just can't see how LeCount could be so low. I know you guys are weird about age. We're not weird about age. Brenner loves young. Uh, he's well, only 22, well, and he had his draft, <laughs> and he had his dirt bike accident, but his tape from second half of his junior year through six weeks of the senior season was overall really strong. Okay, either way, LeCount, yeah. why is he so low? Size. And, and he's kind of in that gray area of prospects I often struggle to really pin down in that there's not a ton of weaknesses to his game, but that I, I struggle to find like a thing that I he can hang his head on that he does well when projecting next level. But he is the biggest weakness to his game is that he is a very small safety. He's 5'11, 190. Oh wow. You're not gonna play in the box like in the NFL at 5'11, 190. And you already had some issues with tackling this past year at Georgia. And so he's a deep guy, pretty much exclusively, and that's gonna limit him. Um I, I didn't think he was a guy who could necessarily drop down and guard the slot like a Rich Grant could that we've seen. I don't think that's his game. And so I think he's very sound on the back end. But like 10th rank safety, he's 120th on their board now overall. That's just kind of where you get a guy without super high end traits. I'm, I'm with you, man. I think that that's a good spot for LeCount. How old's the girl you bring out on a date Wednesday? Let's not get in. <laughs> Sorry, Adam Sahili or Sahil. We'll get. We'll, maybe we'll get into it after. Maybe. I've yeah. uh, been watching since 2018 and love the show. That's awesome. Austin and Mike and even Anthony, who comes on the show here, here and there, Anthony Trash, follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony, are always prepared and give great information. That being said, I'm here watching the Senior Bowl one-on-ones and it looks like Dylan Radins is winning almost every single rep. What are you guys' thoughts on him? He was. Almost every single rep. They had a few losses, but he's a dude. Like I, I went in with tempered expectations because even 2019 I guess I just expect if you're playing FCS competition you never lose now that's maybe a little unfair but the guys he's playing are not going to be playing in the NFL I would like for him to win most reps 
and he didn't, but also, you know, guys develop. And so only one game this past year, he did look a lot better. Didn't lose, didn't have a loss, didn't have a, a lot of pressure in that game against Central Arkansas this past year. Went to senior bowl. I'm all in. I think that guy's a first round talent. Uh, he he added a second question as well. Okay. What are your what are your thoughts on going after corner or edge at thirty for the Packers? Okay, edge, I don't think so. Now they may part ways with uh, Preston Williams and Zadarius Smith. Again, it's what we talked about. Free Preston agency. Smith, you mean? Preston Smith. What did I say, Zadarius Smith? Preston Williams. Preston, who's Preston Williams? You oh, said wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Smith brothers. They may be gone. That's the fickle game you play with for agency because those guys are now their cap hits are pretty dang impactful. Um, obviously, I think they'd be able to get something back for Zadarius Smith. He's been that good, but Preston Smith might just be an outright cut. So I could see edge, and it's a deep edge class, and that's kind of the Packers' MO. They go defensive line. They go defensive line. So I think they could be in the market for a guy like that, maybe like a Carlos Basham or something, drafting at that point in the draft. But – I'd prefer a cornerback, even though corner value there is pretty meh. It's the problem. So, and then cheap vets at wide receiver. We got Devin Funches coming back for like three million. I'm not sure any guy like T.Y. Hilton. He's AB. They're not going. They're not going to sign AB. They would have signed AB last year if they were going to sign AB. So, fair enough. Yeah. This is from Waka One Two Three. Love the show. Just got to get Austin to change up absurd for a different word. I've been using bonkers lately. Marcus is nice. We're trying trying some new stuff. I've been taking feedback well. Falcons fan. If I'm not enamored by either Wilson, tape is hard to evaluate due to competition woes. Guys are running wide open everywhere. Didn't look great against CCU. Coastal Carolina, I think is what he's referenced. Uh, Or Fields, decision-making is below average, even for college. This guy's a good evaluator. This guy's trying to throw some evaluating knowledge at us. (laughs) And what QBs are out there for the 2022 and 2023 drafts to keep an eye on? This guy's looking to 2023. Mm -hmm. I think the Falcons could go Sewell if maybe or... If available, or trade down and take a flyer on Newman or later rounds like uh, and trade away Ryan for capital. Oof. If you trade away Ryan for capital, then you would be in the class. As the problem is you're not going to be in it. You're in the 2022 and 2023 classes of the quarterbacks. You're going to be in position to draft him. You're not going to be in it if you keep Ryan. That's the problem. Yeah. You don't bottom yeah, out. At least fourth. you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, I got some synonyms here for absurd for you. Preposterous. You sound like Stephen A. Smith if you start throwing around Too many syllables. Ridiculous. Ludicrous. Farcical? Any of these hidden? No. Airbrained? Airbrained, I like. I'll, I'll go airbrained. I, I, I kind of like farcical. All right. Although it's more. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody actually use yeah, that. I don't think yeah, anyone's that one's, ever used that. That's farcical. Preposterous is good. Preposterous. Farcical amount of athletic ability. Um, okay, quarterback class, though. 2022. 2022 looks good. It's shaping up to be good. I think Howell, Spencer Rattler are two guys. If I had. If you told me I had to get them as my franchise quarterback right now, I'd I'd think they could get it done. Keen Slovis of USC, of Sam Howell of North Carolina, Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. Keen Slovis of USC is kind of outside looking in. Matt Corral, he's a big year. Ole Miss outside looking in. Jane Daniels and Emory Jones of Arizona State and Florida, respectively. We took questions about them on previous mailbag about what we think of them. Talented guys, not really number one pick kind of guys at this point. Twenty twenty three though. Buddy. Our guy. Big Dave's son. <laughs> DJ Uangalele. It's the only way I'm going to refer to him. Absolute rocket. Big I can't Dave's wait to son. watch him play in 2021. We got to get out there. We got to get out to South Carolina and make a play. Yeah, who's Clemson travel over here? They play Louisville, maybe? Oh, let's, we'll have to take a look. We'll have to get in there. Let's we'll go, have, I'll, we'll I'll look up Clemson's schedule. You actually the best one. All right. Answer this is from Bats for Bats. 
Hey guys, just figured out my Apple username is bats for bats and I have zero. <laughs> that means why I did that. Cool. Uh, love the stories. Keep them coming. With the Stafford tra tra trade just happening, Kirk Cousins immediately started trending here in Minnesota. There was a lot of commentary on Twitter reflecting negatively on Kirk in comparison to Stafford. So I ran my own analysis comparing them year by year since Kirk joined the Vikings and in every way Kirk has been the better quarterback. I'm trying to find this question here. You guys would also be shocked from how much desire there is here to trade Kirk and try and get a play for Wilson. Sorry for the novel. You guys are the best. I don't know what his question is necessarily. While any Kirk hypothetical is first or fourth round pick for tops, should they trade Kirk? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Clemson travels to Louisville <laughs> November 6th next year. Let's do it. We have a we tailgate spot too. Oh. Do we? Yeah. My uncle's got a spot in the lot. Let's go. Was, you, you, we got a couple spots yeah, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Did I ever tell tell you about the time I went to the Louisville Notre Dame game a couple years ago when it was week one and I, I didn't know shit about Louisville we had, we went to uh, I didn't know like anything about the tailgate we go we think this is a we're looking for a bar we thought there was like a bar across the street turns out some guy just rents out or owns this house that's directly probably about 100 feet from the stadium and throws his own party to only people he knows and he let us in there he let us pay 50 bucks for a wristband and it was all you can drink all you can eat and they had like insane stuff that sounds so sick. i took advantage of it i ended up puking in my hotel room sink that night awesome and had to shovel it out with my hand in the morning it was brutal oh uh, i've only puked in a sink once uh, I have it's the, the worst it, it's the worst you I've why not out, go for the toilet you I've always wake up the next day it's like what are we at least half dozen day. yeah dear god it's it's like can we uh, answer bat for bats question here and stop yeah, talking about okay, puke in the sink? Should um, they trade Kirk Cousins? That's what I, I've gone back and forth on because they're not that good. But then you're really behind the eight ball if you don't have Kirk Cousins. You got nothing there. You're at pick fourteen. You could really mortgage. I, I don't know what you're going to get back for Kirk Cousins. A one, a two. The the thing that I think that he's mad about. You know why can this guy get a first and a second, but Kirk Cousins can't because Kirk Cousins would have a $35 million cap hit for his new team in 2022. That's a, that's a lot of cap hit. Like that is probably above market value for Kirk Cousins is the problem is that you're really, uh, unfortunately not saving that team. That's going to trade for many money. So they're going to pay him a lot of picks and then have to pay him a lot of money. So I think that is why you're not seeing a big return, but Honestly, I'd probably keep Kirk. Like you're, you're not terrible in Minnesota right now. Once you get guys back like Daniel Hunter, like Michael Pierce, like you're not in an awful, awful situation. All right, this is from Candler Curtis. Love the show. When evaluating prospects, how much weight do you give each of the following? On-field performance slash grade slash production, off-field character, level of competition based, and then measurables or traits or athleticism. I would, fuck, that's like the, the million dollar question. Yes, the holy grail. Please tell me, actually, if you know. Um, and it depends on the position. I'll kind of just give some examples here, I guess. So measurables. We're talking about a center guard. Not that big a deal. I'm not that worried. They don't have the measurables. We're talking about a cornerback. I'm worried if he doesn't edge. have measurables. Talk about an edge. I'm worried if they don't have measurables. Wide receiver, yeah, not that big a deal. And, and and then after that, it's like, well, what kind of player are they? Are you a man corner? You got you better have measurables. If you're, are you a zone corner, just a tackler? Not as big a deal then. Are you a wide receiver that, you know, 
wins underneath intermediate big catch radius. I don't really care if you're fast. Then. That's fine. You could be, you can win at that those levels of the field in the NFL. Wholesale. That's Michael Thomas's whole game. Um, so, level of competition. Are you facing you know a super low level competition, but you're absolutely utterly dominant, and no one's like that's. There are levels to all of this that it's hard to really. The one thing I'll say is off-field character. If they smoke cigarettes, they're off the board. I agree with that. If you okay, it's not like if you smoked a cigarette, but if you chain smoke cigarettes and you're pursuing an NFL career, you're off the board. You're off the board. Yeah, um, yeah. Off-field character is again. It's like there's so levels to this, and that's what yeah. makes off-field character is wide spectrum. You know, you could be yeah. smoking cigarettes, you could be not a good teammate, or you could be getting into illegal stuff, be violent, mm-hmm. anger issues. But then, like, a lot of those things that I think are off-field issues that then show up as on-field or, impact or, that are impact on the field can show up actually on the field. If you are not a hard worker and you don't develop over the course of their, your college career, that actually shows up on the field. It also talk. shows up in the interview like, process. You can tell, and that will, you'll see it in the grading and things like that. So I think it also shows up in the interview process. And I know you knocked the interview process a little bit, but the Ja'Kai Polite situation is an interesting one. Yes. There's also Matt Rule's comment at the Senior Bowl saying he got in an, interv- in, a, in an elevator with the prospect, and in 10 minutes in, he said, I would never draft him. You know, it's like that. that I smelled? I don't know what the smell was. I think it could have been a factor, but I do think that like ripping ass the whole NFL teams ride. and NFL evaluators take into account the interviews because you need to know the type of person you're bringing into your locker room. Yeah. Type of type of type of guy. All right. This is from Wesley Sava. February one. We're finally on to February one. Let's go. Love the show, and you guys are always a good listening in the car ride. Bills fan here. If you are the Bills in the draft and major need is to improve the interior offensive line, do you use thirty on a guard? a yak weapon or trade down to draft a couple of guards on day two. So I'm not the biggest fan of drafting to beat your division or whatever teams, which is often something you hear about teams doing. I am a fan of drafting to win your conference though. If you are in a conference that's going to have Chris Jones in the playoffs that you're for the foreseeable future, I'd like to get some good guards. You know, you're going to have to go through him. He torpedoed your game plan last time. I'd like to go get some good guards. So that's what I would do. I would trade down and get a couple good guards. Or if there's like one really good one you like at 30, I don't know, Elijah Vera Tucker's on the board, pull the trigger. You'd like some security. You'd like that guy to be able to come in and contribute right away. Not Najah Harris, not Travis Etienne. Yes. All right. This is from Mills2117. Y'all dope. I got three goodies for you. Fuck one, kill one, marry one. He says frick one. Frick one. Sorry. Frick one, kill one, marry one. There are kids listening. I hope not. The entire Senior Bowl week and game, the entire NFL Combine week, and all college pro days. I think you have the perfect answer. Yeah. I frick the Senior Bowl week. I marry the Combine and kill the pro days. Pro days suck. We already killed pro days. Yeah. And then his second question, as a Bengals fan, I'm very okay with having a terrible defense and maximizing everything for Joey. That being said... Granted, we don't snag any offensive line free agents. Is it rational slash smart to spend our first three picks on BPA? OL. Oh, O-line. So O-line, just sorry. go best O-line available. No, because again, if Pettis was off the board, don't just don't reach, reach for yeah. Slater. If, or whoever you'd sub next, Christian Derisaw. Um, If there's like a wide receiver, if, if shot Bateman staring you in the face top of round two, or like Elijah Moore, someone you love, don't just go off the line just because it's there. So... I do like that, though. Very okay with having a terrible defense. I, I would not hate just saying, hey, let me 
see where we can push Joe Burrow's ceiling to in terms of this offense. Can I be can I be the Saints with Drew Brees where you're just you're lighting up scoreboards and that's how you're winning? Like Drew Brees in his prime, obviously, and that's how you're winning games. And I don't mean to put any evil on anybody, but if your defense sucks this year, Luan Rumo's gone, which probably better yeah that's not the worst thing in the world if he's not here next <laughs> that's year that's the thing you know? it's like if you're a good team and you've proven you have a good one side of the ball you can kind of attract better talent than yeah. you did when you didn't have anything no absolutely whatsoever and his third question from mills here is who are three players that opt out in 2020 that you wish didn't jamie newman's the guy i keep going back to just he's probably kicking himself as well the wake forest slash maybe georgia quarterback that didn't end up playing down for georgia uh joe tryon because we've heard from Levi and Uzurike, if you listen to the interview, that he's a dude now that he's putting on. We saw on his Instagram, too. The guy's yeah. massive. It's Jack now. And so we didn't get to see him this past year after, what, 71.8 pass rushing grade the year prior, 2019. So it really wasn't consistent. But, I mean, he just like the reps. He does. He has reps that other people can't do. You know, that's why you draft guys like that. And then Walker Little, the Stanford tackle, obvious reasons. We've talked about him a bunch. Yeah. Also friend of the pod. All right, next one here from Scooty Boo. Not Scooby-Doo, Scooty Boo. The Dolphins need to draft a lineman in either the second or third round. The biggest problem is the Dolphins' offensive line has been, had, was being constant, what the hell, being consistent in the run game? Yeah, None of their guards were effective at pulling and leading in the run game. So are there any guards in this draft who are athletic enough to lead the run to the outside effectively? Um, I have no clue what the co-OCs are going to do. George Godsey and Eric Studisville. No clue what their offense is going to look like. Promoted from within have been like around the block, both of them. They weren't like, I learned from one OC. No obvious trees. No obvious trees. So, again, not sure what they're going to, what that offense is going to look like, but athletic guards in this class could be there in the second or third. I think Wyatt Davis might fall down the board with some injury concerns. He's athletic enough to pull the edge. I mentioned the Illinois guard, Kendrick Green very athletic, one of the most explosive guys in the class. So I'd start with Wyatt Davis round two, Kendrick Green round three, four. There you go. This is from S. Michaels. Mike Renner, you are my boy. Notre Dame and Green Bay until the day I die. Hell what yeah. do you think about Packers trading up to get one of the God's top God's combo. God's combo. <laughs> what do you think about the Packers trading up to get one? Is this from Brady Quinn? The few the chosen. <laughs> what, what do you think of the Packers trading up to get one of the top receivers in the draft to compete with the other top offenses in the NFL and eventually replace Devontae? Quinn was a Browns fan growing up. Come on. Sorry about that. Don't get it twisted. We'll get him back on the pod. I'll, I'll send him a message out here. LFG. He was talking about my. I was talking to him about my dating history, and he was giving me some pointers. Can't wait. Can he give me some pointers, or is it because he doesn't talk to people who didn't go to Notre Dame? No, he doesn't talk. To That's him. right. That's right. Sorry. About uh, that. What was the question again? <laughs> who should they take? Should the Packers trade it for a receiver? Ooh, um, that's a good question. And I would, if it gets around seventeen, and Devontae Smith, Jalen Wild, Jamar Chase still on the board. If it gets around that range, I'm doing it. I would do it. I think they are that caliber of receiver that could step in right away and you would be Super Bowl frontrunners. And there would not be a – teams would not have – There would not be Super not Bowl frontrunners. The Chiefs and Bucks would have better odds. I'd make my own odds. All Jeez. Right. Easy there, Brady be, Quinn. They would be – so that that's what it would take. But if you're having to trade up, you know, a future first and more, no, thank you. All right. That question sucked. So, no, the question didn't suck, but I just hate the, the Notre Dame fandom, okay? It's just ridiculous. 
Hey, I'm Brett. It's the best. This is from Brett. And the worst. <laughs> I don't Wouldn't go anywhere else for NFL information. Love that. Thanks, you guys, for all that you do. Besides Spencer Rattler, do you guys have your eyes on anyone at OU that could be drafted in the first five or so rounds next year? Just looking to see if we have NFL talent on other than Rattler coming out of that draft. Not That's a sure thing to be drafted in the first few days. Thank you. Nick Benito. Yeah. Likely first rounder, I'll say. He's that. He's edge rusher. The highest graded edge rusher in college football this past year, but he is small. And he played in the 230s, but he's was only a redshirt sophomore. Think he can get up to around 250 at that point. He's more than athletic enough. Great, between really him, well this between year. him and Ronnie Harrison, I, I like Benito better as prospects. So. Oh, wow. All right. This is from underscore SAJ87. Love the stories lately and always bringing interesting scouting takes. Given the league is very copycat oriented, we often see a lot of teams vying for similar player types in order to fit the scheme du jour. In your opinion, which types of players are currently undervalued? And any guesses on what scheme could become the next big thing in the league? Ooh. The undervalued are versatile safeties. You, There is not a single NFL safety that makes over $15 million a year. Holy shit. There are, I think, seven offensive tackles that make over $15 million a year. There's offensive tackles that make over $20 million a year. A versatile safety like Tyron Matthew, like... A, I don't know, Darnell Savage, like the high count, Justin Simmons. Those guys are worth every penny. Those guys are worth more than $15. Those guys are worth, and according to wins above replacement, like safety is a top five most valuable position in the NFL after quarterback. So, versatile safeties, I think, are very undervalued. Last year, we saw versatile safeties, Grant Elpit, um, Xavier, 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 Xavier Howard or Xavier Rhodes? Who are you talking about? McKinney. Xavier McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. Oh. Xavier McKinney. Go second round. Not even go first round. Those versatile guys that can do a lot of different things, not even be coveted as first rounders. I think safety is being undervalued. And the next big thing, scheme wise, I think it is what the Rams are running defensively. You're going to see teams sell out to stop big plays. Everything you can, if you go watch the Rams defensively, and they would run the, the least man heavy team in the NFL, all they did was put caps on your defense on, like, say, hey, you can use the flats. You could throw the flat. You could throw underneath all day, every day. But if you try to do anything deep, it's there's just not going to be windows. And basically challenge quarterbacks to be patient enough and sell out to never stop the run either. Seven in the box, six in the box, never eight bo- man boxes. So basically daring you to do the less efficient things. Mm-hmm efficiently every single time without that one play taking a sack, without that one negative play. Once you get that negative play, you weren't done. So making teams really challenge them to go down the football field. I think that you already saw the Packers go higher, kind of do the Zach, Zach Taylor effect for the defense side of the ball. They're hiring any guy who was in contact with Brendan Staley last year, just so we could run that defense. That I think is the future. I definitely agree. I think that teams are going to start. You're going to start to because of how explosive offenses, yeah, are, and, and how how the NFL has catered to that game. Like they're the team, the best teams in the NFL throw deep and create explosive plays through the air. Yes, and the best defense in the NFL stop those guys. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you invite teams to run, as you've seen a ton of teams try to do against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you try and invite them to run the football, and yep. but you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. I mean, no explosive plays, not letting you throw deep, two high safeties all day long. You guys want to run the football? Run the football. That's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a ton of that. JT underscore two five four three. Last one here of the bonus mailbag, and then we have the Wednesday episode, and then the actual mailbag coming on Thursday. Hey guys, huge fan of the pod. I try to listen to every episode and make it 
and it makes my day every time. Love that, man. If the Bears were to have all of their draft picks this year and sign a cheap quarterback, which seems unlikely, what would be the best way to attack the draft? Tackle in the first, then wide receiver, an interior offensive line in the upcoming rounds feels like the best option. Thanks. I don't think there's necessarily one way to attack it, but with the strength of this tackle class, there would have to be probably three tackles off the board already. Now there could be for me to not really want to go tackle. I think, yeah, you have a couple competent tackles still. I think Bobby Massey and Charles Leno are still there, but that's kind of the, they're about the bottom of both of them is the crazy thing. They've been the tackle duo there for what, five years. They're about as both as bad as it gets, but to where you're happy enough with them to not replace them. But now I think the rest of the office line kind of crumbled to a degree where people are saying, oh, we need to upgrade at that position. I think that's a reasonable take to have. So if Christian Darisaw is on the board at 20, you're pulling the trigger on Christian Darisaw for sure. But then after that, I think there's no one position I would say have to go there. I think you could address places defensively. You could address linebacker. You just add help to that defensive Bible line. Also. positions. So, you know, so many of these mailbag questions are what positions do they attack? What needs yeah. do they need to fill? But I do think the the Bears, you talk about life cycle, they're in a guy that needs to make an impact right away. So yeah. you can't just draft a backup. But I think linebacker could make that impact. I think you can make that impact along the defensive line. Wide receiver Possibly if they lose Allen Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was been that has been fantastic. A, a bonus mailbag. Bonus Maybe mailbag. we have to do this again if we keep getting reviews. Remember, if you want your question answered on our mailbags, whether it's a bonus or a real one, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and drop your question there. We will get to it. As we've shown, the effort is here. Quinn's in here working late. You're out here grinding the tape. We will get your question answered. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and we will get to it. Thank you so much. Austin Gale, Mike Renner, producer Mike Quinn, 2 for Grass. 